You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So uh, yesterday, yesterday and Friday, um, I went to my first women's conference. Cherish. It's the first time I've ever been to a, my boobs are a little sore. I'm just saying. I do feel like a princess warrior. I was thinking, can I be a Proverbs 31 woman too? I'm just thinking. I mean, we are in 2021. Um, that's, that was bad. That was bad. That was really bad. Sorry. But what an amazing conference. I will tell you my favorite speaker was my wife, Penny Maxwell. She was amazing. So I'm, I'm so glad she lets me come and carry her Bible and order her Ubers and get her Diet Cokes and everything. But I'm so proud of her. By the way, her new book comes out today. Um, you can order her new book, Setting Broken Bones. It's her, it's her life story. And uh, I'm just so proud of her. She's such an amazing woman, such a great partner. And um, I love this church. I, I will tell you that, that you guys have been an inspiration to us. You know, North Carolina um, is not quite as uh, challenging as California, we are praying for you every that every week that it just doesn't break off and drown in the ocean because of what's going on here. I mean, it is just flipping crazy what's going on in our world right now. But I'm so thankful for faith-filled people, faith churches, life-giving churches like you. Give yourselves a hand because you're incredible. You, I want you to know you're influencing people all over the world. You do have an amazing church. If you are a first-time guest here, make sure you come ne- back next week. They're way better preachers than me. So make sure you come back next week. I don't know who's preaching here, but they got an incredible teaching team. Um, if you got friends, invite them to this church. This is an amazing church. Serve, commit, get involved, give, and watch God move supernaturally in your life. He will move supernaturally. Um, I, I believe that right now we are in a bit of a faith crisis in our, in our country. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm 52 years old. I've been doing this for about 30 years, pastoring my church for 19 years. We started it from scratch. And I'm, I'm blown away at a couple things. Number one, at how the church has not stood up for so long. Um, I, I'm also blown away at the fact that now there are churches like Awaken Freedom House and other ministries that are stimulating faith. I read an article that said that doctors were having to send people home from the hospital because they were coming into the hospital thinking they had COVID and other sicknesses when it was really just fear that was attacking them. We, we have, we have a, a faith crisis and a fear increase. And I wanna throw a scripture on, on, the, on, the, on the screen. And here's, here's the deal, I'm a teacher, okay? So you'll make me feel really good if you pull your phone out, if you write something, maybe write on your neighbor, just, you know, that's cool. They'll, they need to remember anyway. They need to take some notes. Uh, write some things down, take some notes. Listen, here's what I know. If you take notes, you will go to heaven. That is fully not theological, but I think it's like a fast pass when you go to... You'll go right to the front of the line, right through. They won't even ask you any judgment questions. You just go right on through if you have notes. So write some things down. I promise you'll walk away with something. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I want us all to read this together. I've been mulling over the scripture for about two years. I want us all to, matter of fact, why don't you stand up, and I want you to read this all together. This is the reading of the word for today. Uh, I want you to say it out loud, say it strong. So we have to do it one time, all right? I'm gonna count to three. We're gonna all read this together. Ready? One, two, three. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
incredible. Give yourselves a hand and you may be seated. I want you to notice that, that God says that he's not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. It's not, an, it's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It can cause feelings. It can cause emotions. But it is a spirit that is on the rampage in our world. In our world, not just in the United States of America, not just in California, not just in North Carolina, not just in Seattle, Washington, not just in Arizona, these different, different places. No, th- this is a spirit that's trying to get you to worship it instead of God. And the only way to counteract it is a spirit of faith. Everybody say spirit of faith. So in order to deal with something spiritual, you have to do, deal with it spiritual. So if you're, gonna, if you're gonna deal with a spirit of fear, you have to do it with a counteractive spirit. And the only counteractive spirit is a spirit of faith. But here's the good news. The good news is each one of us have enough faith to deal with any fear that may try to attack us. Fear of politics, fear of economics, fear of finances, fear of family, fear of our marriage, fear of our kids, whatever it may be. I know that because what you're dealing with right now, God would not have ever allowed you to go through it if you didn't have the faith to overcome it. So just just walk away. If there's one thing you walk away with today, understand that no matter what you're dealing with, family, kids, money, circumstances, health, whatever it may be, if you are dealing with it and you're in it right now, you have enough faith to overcome it. Now, we all operate in the spirit of faith. This is what's so great about the church. This is why I love being a part of the greatest movement that has ever existed on this planet called the Church of Jesus Christ. Is we have the opportunity to change atmospheres when we walk into them. So, so tomorrow, you're not just going from church to work. You're taking and carrying faith into an atmosphere that could possibly be filled with fear. And because of your presence, you can change the environment. You can go home tonight. Maybe this afternoon, maybe you're the only person that comes to church in your family. Maybe you go home. They they invited you to lunch today. You know, grandma's cooking some good roast beef, mashed potatoes. Y'all don't know anything about that here. And fried chicken, fried okra. Y'all don't know nothing about that stuff. That's real food. We're not talking about kale and fruit juice. No, we're talking make your tongue, smack your brain kind of food. I got totally distracted. What was I talking about? I got totally distracted. I was talking about, oh, you're, you can walk in that environment and you can literally, because of what you carry, you carry faith. Hit your neighbor say, you carry faith. You carry faith. Now, I believe there are two levels of faith that we can all walk in. All of us have the potential to walk in two levels of faith. By the way, if you wanna put a title to this message, and I'll get there, I'm gonna call this From Hooker to Hero. From Hooker to Hero. Just stick with me, stick with me. You're going, what in the world did I walk into today? From Hooker to Hero. Two levels of faith. The first level is what I call miracle working faith. Miracle working faith, miracle working faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit gives gifts, spiritual gifts. There's nine of them specifically. One of those gifts is called the gift of faith. Sometimes we go through a situation, we, we face something that seems unovercomable, impossible, right? 
And then have you ever had this situation? You're in something, you're like, oh my gosh, there's no way I'm gonna get through this. And then you get through it and you go, how did I do that? Or maybe you say something in a situation and you go, I can't believe I just said, did I just really say that? A prayer, you pray something, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I prayed that prayer. That's called a spirit of faith. It's like that five foot two girl who weighs 100 100 pounds that lifts a car off of somebody. She got this adrenaline that took over her muscles like we're able to do something supernatural. Well, there's this miracle working kind of faith, this supernatural kind of faith that comes on you for a circumstance, could last a minute, could last a week, could last a month, whatever you need, and then kind of lifts off and you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'm like a superhero of faith. The second level of faith is what I call a measure of faith. A measure of faith is different because all of us have a measure of faith. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 that God gave gifts to men. He gave different gifts, leadership, administration, worship, giving. All these are gifts that God gave. The Father gave us these gifts. For what reason? So you can fulfill the destiny that he's called you to. You have a purpose. You have a calling. You're you're here on on this earth for something. Now, you might not know exactly what it is, and that's okay. It's all right. Don't be nervous. It looks at it. If you're 20, I talk to a lot of young people, 22, 23, 24. They're like, what am, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, don't, get, don't be so um, anxious about it. Just let God work it out. The journey really is the destination. To understand that you're not going to figure it all out in one week coming to church or, you know, one month. If, if you're 25 years old and you go, I got it all figured out, I'm a little nervous. I'm really nervous about it. I'm 52, I ain't got it all figured out. My wife tells me that all the time. So God gives us a measure of faith to operate the gift or the talent to fulfill the purpose. Now, what does that measure of faith come from? It comes from Christ's gift. Jesus operated in the fullness of faith. He had all faith. So God takes a little piece of Jesus's faith and he gives it to you to operate the gift, understand, for the purpose that he puts you on this planet. Your gift will be most fulfilled when you're doing it for God, not for Bank of America. Okay? So, so or whatever company. Now, God, God there's an overflow for that, a grace for that, but ultimately your purpose is to glorify God to reach people, to bring them into the kingdom of God, to disciple them, however that may be. Now, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have what's called the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Never been there before, but I'm, I'm a NASCAR fan. Never been to a race. Isn't that amazing? I think it's because I don't like country music, but that's okay. Isn't that, isn't that terrible? I just don't like it. I've never really liked country music. I mean, my wife loves country music. I have several country music stars in my church. They want me to come to their concerts and pray. So I go and pray and leave. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that horrible? One guy asked me, can you just stay and listen to one song? I said, no, I really don't want to. I don't like your music. And he's like, really? And he goes, I said, I, I, I'm so thankful. I love you. You're a really nice guy. But man, I can't even sit through a half a song. I'm just sorry. Isn't that terrible? I'm just such a bad pastor. Pray for me, pastor. Well, in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11, they have this thing, what I call God's hall of faith. And there are people that are listed in this hall of faith. Read it. That's your homework. That's your homework this week. There'll be a pop quiz next week and the service at some point. Hebrews chapter 11, read it. It talks about Abraham and Abel. 
Isaac, Jacob, um, talks about Moses and Noah. There's one guy named Enoch. Enoch had so much faith, God just took him. That's what's gonna happen to Stacy one day. She's gonna be walking down the beach. Poof, just gone like that, just gone. God's gonna take her. She's not gonna die, you know. She's just gonna go up to heaven. Where'd Stacy go? Oh, she's with God. There are two women that are mentioned in the hall of faith, Sarah and Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Matter of fact, when you see her written about in the Bible, she's called Rahab the harlot. In 2021 terms, hooker. Okay, don't get offended. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith, the harlot, the hooker, Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Let me read that one more time. By faith, everybody shout, by faith. faith. The harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Her family was the only family that survived the attack of the Israelites on Jericho because of her faith. So Rahab teaches us some really, really good things about how to develop, how to live with, how to operate our faith. In order to overcome the spirit of fear, Rahab teaches us how to live in a spirit of faith. Because see, here's the deal, guys. Faith is your currency with heaven. Faith is how you transact with heaven. Okay, this is how you, this is how you get heaven to earth. Heaven into your family, heaven into your marriage, heaven into your kids, heaven into your business. You do it by faith. Now, religion says that you do it by works. And this is how a lot of us grew up. I grew up this way that look, look, if you're a good kid, if you're a good, if you're a good girl, then God will bless you. If you're good, you gotta be good. Be good, do some good stuff. So go to church. God will bless you. You miss church? Oh my gosh, God hates me. Okay, got to serve. Got to give. Now, that is not how God blesses us. This may be shocking to you. But God blesses you. You know why? Look at me, look at me. Because he loves you. Period. Now, I know what you're saying. Does that mean I can do whatever I want? No, no. That's a whole other message. Next week, Pastor Mike will be preaching that. (laughs) Okay, that's the whole other message. No, the reason why you do good is because God loves you. You don't do good to get God's love. You are good because he loves you. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you keep my commandments, you love me. You see, that's, that's what religion teaches. If you keep your commandments, then you love God. Show me how much you love me. Okay, that's world, the world's way of demonstrating. God doesn't do it that way. God's relationship is all built upon faith. I believe you, God. I trust you, God. So that's how you get what is in heaven into your life. What is, what is for you into your life. Now, Joshua chapter two is the story of Rahab, the harlot, the hooker. And it starts with, in Joshua chapter one, let me just give you a little, quick little history and then we'll dive into this, okay? Joshua had taken over leadership from a guy named Moses. Moses had delivered all the Israelites out of Egypt. They were going into their promised land, 
okay? 11-day journey turning into a 40-day trip. 40-year trip, I'm sorry. Whole generation passed away. Moses ended up not getting into the promised land. Joshua took over. And he needed a little encouragement. He was a little insecure. He didn't know if he could do it. God comes in, Joshua chapter one says, be, str- be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong over and over. God's just encouraging him, encouraging him, encouraging him. Be strong and of good courage. You can do it. You can make it. You're gonna be okay. God's a great encourager, by the way. If you ever need some encouragement, just say, God encouraged me today. He'll just say, you can do it. You can make it. You're gonna be all right. Every, you're, you're a good wife. You're a good husband. It's okay. Don't worry about your past. It's okay, Joshua. You can do it. Be strong and of good courage. And so the first city that he's supposed to overcome is this city called Jericho. Jericho had the big walls. We all did the flannel graph in Sunday school. We know what we're talking about. So these big walls. And so he sends two spies into Jericho to spy out the land to see what do these walls look like? What does their army look like? Now, for some reason, I don't know why, they end up at a hooker's house. When I get to heaven, I'm gonna ask them, how did you end up there? I don't know if they wanna talk about it, but we can find out. (laughs) Hello. So Rahab hides them, the king looks for them, asks some questions to Rahab, she lies, you know, and, and here's what happens. She teaches us so much about faith, so much about faith, the spirit of faith. Verse eight, Joshua chapter two, Listen to what she said. Now, before they lay down, she came to them on the roof and said to the men, I know, listen to this, she is a pagan. They worship probably 25 plus gods in Jericho. But she said, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. Listen to verse 10. For we have heard, everybody say heard, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you and you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, whom you utterly destroyed. Listen to what she said, verse 11. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. Notice that she heard about this. She never saw it. She never witnessed it. She just heard about it. Look at the rest of verse 11. For the Lord, this is a pagan prostitute for the Lord, listen to her confession. I wish more Christians would have this kind of confession. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and on earth beneath. Now therefore, I beg you, swear to me, she's talking to the two spies, swear to me since I have shown you kindness that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. Let's make a trade, guys and spare my father, and spare my mother, and spare my brothers, and spare my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. I don't know if you saw it, but what she describes is exactly what a spirit of faith looks like. Write these three things down, because this is what Rahab did to survive. Really simply, Rahab heard, Rahab believed, and Rahab risked. How do I develop a spirit of faith. I hear, I believe, and I risk. In order for Rahab to make sure her family got saved, a pagan hooker, she heard, she believed, and she risked. How do I overcome fear? Coronavirus, politics, this, that, 
everything, economics, stock market, I hear, I believe, I risk. How do I see change in my family? My marriage is on the rocks. It just seems like there's an attack. I hear, I believe, I risk. I wanna drill this in, in our hearts today. Let's get this today. If we really wanna see change in our city, I hear, I believe, and I risk. If I wanna overcome fear, if I wanna carry that, carry that spirit of faith into my, I mean, my boss, he's so doubtful, unbelief. I mean, it's crazy. Every time I go into the job, they're talking about this, they're talking about that, who's dying, who's that. I hear, I believe, I risk. Come on, say it with me. I hear, I believe, I risk. Okay, let's break these down. Three things that she did. Number one is Rahab heard. Faith comes by hearing. Notice what she said. Two times she said it. For we have heard how the Lord. As soon as we heard these things. I mean, check this out. She did not see the Red Sea split, did she? She didn't, she didn't see that. They didn't have CNN back then. They didn't have Fox News. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Facebook videos. I mean, nobody, look, there's the Red Sea. No, she never saw it. She never saw water come out of a rock, did she? She never saw manna come out of heaven, little Chick-fil-A minis. That's what, that's what manna was, Chick-fil-A minis. Come on, Chick-fil-A minis are awesome. Amazing. You know how I know they were Chick-fil-A minis is because God poured it out six days a week, closed on Sundays. It's the Bible. Chick-fil-A just drops in the little Chick-fil-A soft, bloop, right in the mouth. I mean, who'd argue with Chick-fil-A minis? Oh my gosh. She never, she never saw that, but she heard it. Hearing was enough to go to the next level, belief. Romans 10 verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She said two times that she heard, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why? Because hearing awakens faith that is already in us. There is faith in every one of you. You walk, through, maybe it's the first time you've been to church in six years, there is faith in you. And when you hear, when you hear the word of God, it awakens, it comes alive. It's ready to do business for God. But you have to be intentional with that hearing. You have to, you have to listen, not just with these ears on the side of your head, but the ears of your spirit. Listen, you have two ears here, but you also have two ears here. You have two eyes here, but you also have two eyes of the spirit. Guess what? You have a mouth on the front of your face, but you also have a mouth that your spirit has. Because you are a spirit, you have a soul, but you live in a body. Now, you've got to get the differentiator because a lot of people today will come to church and they'll hear, but they'll never hear. All the time. They come, they just hear over and over. They hear, but they never hear. You got to be intentional. You got to be really intentional. That's why when you come through these doors, come expectant. There's nothing worse than standing and they go, oh, I don't like that song. Gosh, they play that song all the time. Hallelujah. I mean, come on, they sing that all the time. If you come with the wrong attitude, you hear with the wrong ears. You got to listen with these ears. 
these ears. Because one word from God can change you. One word, one word, one word. So, so I don't have much time, hold on. Um, so here, here, there's two words. Remember, Old Testament written in Hebrew, translated into English. New Testament written in Greek, translated into English. In the Greek New Testament, there are two words that are translated word. The first word is the Hebrew of the Greek word logos. Everybody say logos. Okay, logos is this. Logos is the Bible, the word of God. The Bible says in John chapter one, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became Jesus. Jesus was the word of God. He encapsulated all of the word of God. There's another word that's translated word called, it's, it's, it's pronounced rhema. Everybody say rhema. See, so you learned some Greek today. Logos and rhema. If logos is the word, then rhema is the scripture in the word. If logos is Jesus, then what Jesus said out of his mouth, I've come to give you abundant life, that is the rhema. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, hearing, hearing by the rhema of God. Listen to me very closely. Every one of us in this room, God wants to give you a rhema. Not just a logos, but a rhema that awakens the faith that's necessary for you to deal with what you're going through right now. There is a rhema for every situation that awakens faith for every situation. So God is anticipating, listen, listen, listen. God is anticipating you hearing with these ears so he can awaken the faith that's in me to overcome what's necessary in my life. Like for Rahab. She's in a city that's getting ready to be destroyed by the Israelites. Why in the world would she go, I heard, I heard, I know, I know. So her whole family could be saved. You'll find out in a few minutes. So a couple questions you gotta ask yourself. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? Are you spending all your time listening to podcasts and motivational stuff? Or are you listening to the word of God? Secondly, what are you listening for? Are you listening to simply get proof that God's exist to correct your skepticism? Or are you listening for conviction? Because there's a big difference between the two. And a lot of people come to church looking for God to convince them that he's real. Listen to me, you have to get past that point where you just believe, but you believe, period, in the discussion. Well, I don't understand it all, that's okay. You're not meant to understand it all. If you were meant to understand it all, then you wouldn't need faith, okay? So how did, how, how did, how did Rahab develop an overcoming kind of faith? She heard, secondly, she believed. She believed. Faith expects. Faith expects. Faith, Rahab heard, Rahab believed. She said, I know, I know that the Lord has given you this land. See, a lot of people believe in God, but they don't believe God. James 2 says this, you can believe all you want that there is one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this and tremble with fear. Yet they're unchanged, they remain demons. The key to belief that becomes faith is the presence of change. Revelation brings conviction. Conviction brings movement. Movement brings change. 
Revelation brings conviction. Conviction brings movement. Movement brings change. When I get a rhema from God, a real rhema, and it becomes faith, I change. My life changes. Something in me changes. My circumstances may not change, but I change, so then my circumstances can change. Often God allows circumstances to say until you change before he changes the circumstances, and he does that by faith. That's the difference between believing with your head and having faith in your heart. See, head belief doesn't move. Head belief doesn't, doesn't expect Head belief doesn't change. Head belief questions constantly. Are you really real? Are you really gonna show up? Whereas heart belief is confident, hopeful, sure, steadfast, assertive, firm, resolute, tenacious. tenacious. That is a heart belief. Let, let, me, let me show it to you this way. A lot of people in their Christian life for years and years and years will look at the Bible and they'll go, I, I, I kind of believe that. Like, that's a good book. A lot of history in there. But really? Like, the Holy Spirit speaking to some guys to write a book? I mean, I know me. I'd probably mess up. They obviously didn't get every... Inerrant? I don't know about all that. I mean, is this really the word of God? I mean, come on. I mean, it is 2021. It really doesn't fit with my culture. Like, I think, this, I think we should get... God, could you give us a new edition? like a 2021 edition of the Bible? Because, I mean, really, am I really supposed to get married and then have sex? Like, because, I mean, it's 2021, God. I mean, you know my needs, you know what I want. I wanna I want test the car out for a little while. Make sure it's the right fit for me. You know, give me, give me like, you know, 30, 40 days. How about we just move in together for a little while? You know my intention. You know what I'm saying? So, that is one way to look at it. Or, that's head, or you can say, God, I believe you. I trust you. I'll stand for you. I, 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 put, my, I put my family on this. I'll put my marriage on this. I, I, I'm gonna stand, I, I have convictions about the word of God. This is the truth. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna base my financial life on my future on this. I'm gonna do everything I can to stand on. I may not understand it all. I may not get it all, but I am standing on the word of God. Can I get an amen? Come on, say it with me. Say, Rahab heard, Rahab heard, Rahab. Rahab risked, risked. Faith takes action. Faith takes action. Rahab risked. I used to say that, that faith always moves, but it requires risk. There has to be a risk to it. The, the most difficult aspect of living a life of faith is risk brings loss. You are going to lose something when you operate in faith. James 2 says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's dead faith. What do we have to risk? Our reputation. I can't believe you go to that awakened church, prosperity, Australian pastors. I mean, they can't even vote, gosh. Like, what's up? Seriously. In my church, 50%, we have about 50% black people, and I challenge them, because a lot of times what happens with, 
with black culture is they'll say, I can't believe you go to a church with a white pastor. That, that is the most racial thing I've ever, racist thing I've ever heard in my life. You gotta risk your reputation. Sometimes you gotta risk your family, your friends. Some of you have lost a lot of people. I mean, just think about it. Think about the people that used to be here. Not here anymore. Leaders that used to be here. Used to see them every week. And as soon as it got a little challenging, they were gone. We, we have a campus. Uh, it's called our South End Campus. And it's a, um, like a 15,000 square foot building. It's about 500 people. We have about 1,000, maybe 1,200 people to show up. And about three weeks ago, a, uh, the, the county commissioners decided that they were going to mandate masks in religious ceremonies in North Carolina. It's crazy. I, when, I, when I saw it, I immediately sent a letter to the entire church, our entire church. And I made it very clear that we will never make anybody wear a mask when they come to church. You don't have to wear one. If you want to wear one, totally your decision. If you don't want to wear one, totally your decision. We will never make people get vaccinated, ever. It's your decision. It's your body. You decide. Well, in that campus, it's downtown. We only have six parking spots at our building. Six. That includes the handicap. So, so six parking spots. So we have to basically get companies around the area to loan us their parking lots on Sunday and park on the street and all that stuff because, I mean, people are coming all over the place. Well, when I made that statement, it immediately got on the news. My wife posted it on Instagram. I posted it on Instagram. And there was a brewery that was giving us part 15 parking spots. Well, they went after us and said, I can't believe this church is gonna, um, is this anti-mask church. I'm like, what in the world are you talking? We're not anti-mask, but you know, that's what the media will do, twist everything they can. We're gonna, we're gonna cancel our relationship with them. They are not allowed. This was on Friday before church. We are not gonna allow them to park in our parking spot. Sometimes you gotta risk some stuff. I said, who cares, 15 parking spots. God can give us more than that, who cares? I mean, whatever, whatever. That's what I love about this church. Whatever. People show up. Great. See, I, I will never, ever as a pastor, never, as, ever as a pastor, want any hindrances from people receiving Jesus. And some people walk in. When they walk into Freedom House, just like Awaken, and they've been masked everywhere else, when they walk in here and they realize they don't have to, they feel so normal and free and happy and joyous. And the last thing that I want is somebody who doesn't know Jesus walking through the doors of my church and them feeling hindered or shamed because everybody else has a mask on and they're forced on it. I want them to feel free, whether they wanna do it, whether they don't wanna do it, totally up to them to receive Jesus. You have to risk some stuff. You have to risk, let me say it this way. You have to risk a now satisfaction for an eternal gratification. In other words, in other words, you have to risk it all. Risk it all. Rahab heard, Rahab believed, Rahab risked. When I read to the end of this, I, some, I got a rhema. I got, I got jumped off. You ever read the Bible and it just jumps off the page at you? So I get to the end of the story, and I love Rahab. I love, I've preached on this hundreds of times. Never this, but 
like Rahab, the whole idea. On this one verse here, verse 21, then she said, as she's making this deal with these two spies, she says to them, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. I've preached on the scarlet cord hundred times. I've done Easter services, all that stuff. The words that jumped off the page were according to your words. And I immediately go, I've heard that before. I've read that before. Now it's been there the whole time. And when, when you see something in the Bible, you can't unsee it. And so I, I read that, I go, I have heard that. And the Holy Spirit immediately took me to Luke chapter one. And so I started reading Luke chapter one and I get to the story of Mary. I'm reading this and I'm going, oh my gosh. Okay, now I know. Mary has just gotten betrothed to Joseph. They just, you know, they went by the ocean. He knelt down on one knee. He gave her the ring. Said, will you marry me? She said, yes, I love you so much. Oh, this is gonna be awesome. Oh, and she started writing her name, Mary with his last name. Mary with his last name. Mary with his last name. And then she went home and, and they started working on the venue because venues are really hard to get and you can't get a venue and you wonder, should I have it at the beach? Should I have it in the mountains? Should I have it here? How many people do we invite? You know, it's always this hard thing. She, she goes on target.com to register everything. She's not gonna do Walmart because that's too cheap. And then she just restoration hardware and Amazon and just get all this stuff. And then all of a sudden in the middle of her planning all this stuff, this angel shows up in her bedroom. It says, Mary, Make a long story short, she's, he says, you're gonna be with child. The Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you and you're gonna have a baby. Whoa, 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 time out. Angel, Gabe, what's up? Like this is totally out of order. I'm supposed to get married and then I'm supposed to have a baby. And if I go to my husband, my future husband, and I tell him I'm pregnant with God's child, yeah. Like for real, that, like that's gonna work out. And then I gotta go to my family. They're gonna totally just remove me completely from their family. But listen to what she says. Then Mary said, behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Just like Rahab. See, what's interesting about Rahab, and you probably know this, Rahab, after she was rescued, married this guy by the name of Salmon. And they had a baby, a little boy named Boaz. And Boaz married a girl named Ruth. And they had a boy by the name of Obed. And Obed got married and had a boy named Jesse. And Jesse had a baby and his name was David. And the other time that the Bible mentions Rahab is in Matthew chapter one in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, listen to me. You never know what your faith is gonna cause. You never know what just that little hearing, believing, and risking can change. Change everything. So what I did today, if you, if you could, why don't you stand up on your chair, is a little red piece of yarn representing faith, Rahab faith. Can I just say it this way? Hooker faith. Hello. Now, I don't want you to go to lunch today and go, hey, listen, I got some hooker faith. I don't want you to do that. Please don't do that. Okay. 
But I want you to put that on. Maybe get your friend next door to you, next to you, just to tie that on your wrist. And then whenever you're tempted, listen, if you're ever tempted to fear, I just want you to look down to your wrist and go, I hear, heard, I believed, and I'm ready to risk. I hear, I believe, I'm ready to risk. Maybe you come in next week and you, and you just you feel down, you feel a little depressed. Maybe, maybe you're going through something in your, in your marriage right now. I really feel like God wants to restore some marriages today. You're really struggling right now. Just, just put that on and go, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it all for my marriage. I heard today, I believe God, and I'm ready to risk. I'm ready to take a chance. I'm ready to give it all. I'm ready to go all in for this. I'm ready to risk my reputation. Maybe a young person and all around you are, are crazy liberals and they're, they're, they're saying all kinds of crazy stuff and you now have a conviction that the word of God is truth and you're gonna stand on it. Just look at your hand. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have faith in the midst of this situation. You're gonna go to your office tomorrow and there's gonna be all this fear and all this stuff going. You just walk in, maybe even hold your hand up like that. See, see this risk? I got a little faith. I'm carrying some faith today. I'm carrying some faith today because I heard I believed and I'm ready to risk best thing you can do is make sure that you're right with God and that's a big risk for some people because you got you may have to give up some stuff you have to, you have to it's gonna it's, it is gonna cost you something something I wish I, I could say when you give your life to Jesus everything gets great Look, I've been, I've been saved for over, over 30 years and it's not good all the time. Now, when it's good, it's great. I've been married for 29 years. I love my wife. I love her. I love her. But can I be honest? Sometimes I don't like her. And all the married people said, amen. You know what I'm talking about? Commanded to love, but God doesn't tell me I have to like them. So here's what I want to do. Every head up, every eye open, everybody looking around. If you, if you, because here's the deal. If you can't confess Jesus in a room like this, what makes you think you're going to do it out there? So you don't need to bow your head and close your eyes. How about you do it right now in front of everybody looking around at you? Give your life to Jesus. Listen, maybe I'm almost done. I'm, I'm, I'm closing. I promise. Maybe you knew God at one time, but you've just been kind of, just kind of gliding along, just barely in a relationship. And you know you're not living right for God. You know who you are. And today's the day where you make that commitment because you're heard, you're ready to believe, and you need to risk something. You can do it. I believe in you. I'm so proud of you for coming today. I'm so proud of you. It's not easy because some of you have been hurt in church. It is not easy to come back. It's not easy to risk getting hurt again. It's not, it's not, I know, it's, it's not easy at all, but you can. And I'm so proud of you for walking in here. I'm so proud that you decided to take a step. I'm so proud that you stood through and made it through all this. I'm so proud that you're still alive. I'm so proud that you never gave in. So excited for you. And today can begin the rest of your life, an amazing journey full of faith and joy and hope and peace and love and blessing and favor just by saying yes to Jesus. I'm gonna to count to three. If you say, that's me, I wanna give my life to Jesus for the first time or rededicate, recommit my life. I just want you to just shoot your hand. Everybody looking around. Ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hand. You say, that's me. Hey, bro, thank you. 
Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you over here. Thank you. Come on, give him a big hand. Isn't that awesome? Keep your hand lifted up. I want to see if there's anybody else. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. Thank you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray as a church family because what you need to know, there are people around you that love you, care for you. That's what church is. Church is when you fall down, somebody's there to pick you up. That's what church, that's what a church family is about. Now, we're not perfect here, okay? People are going to make mistakes, give you bad looks, not let you park in that sparking spot, maybe even say something, might even cuss every now and then. Stacy. But anyway. But... Just like you're not perfect, we can, we can be in a place where it's hope and joy. So I want you to pray. Everybody pray together. We're going to make this declaration over our lives. If you raised your hand, I want you to say this loud enough so you can hear it with your own ears. I believe the greatest faith you'll ever hear comes out of your own mouth. So, so I want you to pray this out loud. Everybody together. Can we do it? Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that His blood washes me of all my sins and all my mistakes. Today I give you my life. I will serve you and I will worship you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for being, for being raised from the dead so I could begin again. A brand new life that begins right now in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.